What's up, guys? Welcome to Spawncast, Saturday night, 9 o'clock every week. I have the usuals with us, and then I also have OJ from Player Essence here with us this week. How are you doing, man? I'm doing very good. Thanks for having me. Very good, very good. I, I've been keeping up on your stuff recently. You've been doing doing some legit work there uh, with the Nintendo crowd and the uh, otaku crowd mostly, right? Like the Japanese crowd? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what we do. Uh, just talk a lot about Nintendo stuff. We also have a lot of Japanese gaming. Uh, Final Fantasy is getting multiplayer, Final Fantasy 15. So that yep, was interesting yep. to go over that. So that was yeah. fun. So a lot of Japanese gaming, a lot of Nintendo stuff. So it was fun. It's been very fun. cool, very good. And then uh, Philip is back after his two-week vacation <laughs> from the Spawncast. My long break. Yes, it's good to be back. I'm sorry. Honestly, I'm sorry to you and I'm sorry to the audience here. But um, yeah, I'm going to try and keep it a little bit more consistent. But um, yeah, I've been very, very busy with some family stuff, doing a bunch of like videos, review, background, YouTube stuff. So it's been a lot videos of fun. Take, they take time. They take time. Oh, yeah. yeah yours yours have to take a while because like I, yours are like serious, man. You're like the... The, the actual <laughs> good quality. Like I, I set up shop and like try to make sure I got the thing focused. You're like doing these crazy transitions and stuff. Oh, uh, well, I mean, you know, it's it's all kind of relative, I guess. You know, I think that, um, you know, my videos, they do take me a long time to make, but I don't get to put out as many videos as I'd like to because of that. But that way, I'm kind of like very hypercritical of my own work. So it's really hard for me to release something that I'm just like, oh, it's not good enough, you know? Yeah. But like this last video took me like, I don't know, two and a half, three days almost. So, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that was for the uh, Splatoon 2 headset, right? Yeah, the Splat and Chat headset. This, this crazy. Yeah, I was gonna ask right you. Here. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. So yeah, if you guys haven't seen my video on it, here it is right here, with the amazing chat mixer dongle. This is the star <laughs> of the show, right it's so, here. It's so simple, dude. I don't know what people are complaining about. They made it so easy for us, guys. It's it really is. just that simple. Especially it if you is. have an iPhone Seven. Because, you know, it's extra easy <laughs> that way. Oh, gosh. Did you see the, um? you got the same grip I did, right, Philip? The, uh, the, the clip the... power, right, from yes. Nyko? Yes. You got that same one, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, I saw your uh, your autopsy video on it. It was awesome. Yeah, they sent it to, I don't, I don't know what happened. They, they like, sent me a message, like, two weeks ago, and they're like, we're sending this out to you. And then it never showed up. <laughs> so, like, I think they sent another one to me, and it finally showed up, like, really? a couple days ago. Yeah, I was like, what, what happened? That's weird. I yeah. got lucky with mine. They didn't actually, I don't, I'm, I'm not even sure how I got mine to tell you the truth because I think I got mine. I did a charity for Splatoon 2, like a charity stream um, on the day of Splatoon's release. And so that representative who was working with me was like, hey, Nyko's interested in sending you a clip. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. But why are you telling me? So <laughs> yeah, he just, he, they um, just randomly sent me an email. I don't even know. I, I guess they just saw it on my Twitter or something. Yeah, this randomly sent me an email and was like, hey, do you want this? Right, and then they're also talking about the um the dock and the the power pack, I think, as well. Oh yeah, for the I'm I know I'm getting for sure like the I forget what it's called. They all have such crazy, yeah, it's very weird, fun yeah. to say names, but it's the pro controller like uh, charging brick thing. Yep. I'm, yep. I'm getting that for yeah, sure. Apparently, they're sending me the the dock, the power thing for the switch, and then something else, some controller or something. So I, I don't know. Nice. Um, I want to see. There's a very nice order. representative who's talking to me. So. Awesome. Um, awesome. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, they they know they they actually know that I'm going to take it apart too. That's the funny thing. They've they've accepted it. So that's because they're proud of their work. I mean, those yeah. batteries and, and their whole design was great. So. I like that design, right? The batteries were in each. Um, if you guys hadn't seen it yet, Max or OJ, the 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 batteries. I was trying to figure out where they put them, like in that charge grip, because if uh, you guys probably know, um, the the charge grip from Nintendo for the uh, for the Joy Cons, for example doesn't mm -hmm. have a battery in there. It's just a pass through to charge your Joy-Cons. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought there was a battery in there, but the Nika one actually has a battery, and the way they did it was they hit it in um, the two handles. They hit a battery mm-hmm. in each one, and it's actually weighted down a little bit. It was actually a pretty cool design. Yeah, it's a really great grip. I mean, if you guys are looking for a good like upgrade to the stock grip that comes with the Joy-Con grip, I definitely think you should think about getting that, even if you're not going to use the cell phone clip itself, because it, it has a charge in there, obviously, with the batteries, and there's like a storage compartment. So I was a little surprised. Cool it actually has 3,000 milliamps worth of battery. I was, I was really surprised on that. Yeah, well, it charges your phone too, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Um, and then, uh, of course, Max is here, Hi. as usual. <laughs> yep. Casca, always re- happy to be here. Yes. Um, oh, you know what, Max? Why don't we um, why don't we bring up the topic we were talking about before uh, we went on here, just to just to talk about that? Since once we get into the some of the financial stuff and everything, it's gonna get we're gonna get pretty deep in there. So, <laughs> um, I know, especially since I know OJ is really into the uh, financial news and stuff as well, just like I am. So it'll get actually pretty good. Um, but Max, why don't you bring up the topic you were talking about before we uh, before we get into some of the gaming stuff? Since it's it's kind of gaming, but it's also you know more community based. Yeah, um, I wanted to talk about. It. I think it's super interesting right now that Angry Joe is going to be quitting his Angry Reviews for a minimum of two months, which is kind of crazy. He's one of the biggest reviewers in the world. Whether you watch him or whether you don't, it's pretty interesting to see a guy just putting down the mantle willingly. It's it's crazy to see that, and obviously his his community is sort of angry and sort of enraged and sort of happy with it, but. It's been really interesting watching it build up and build up and build up. And as he tries to do more movie reviews and more reactions, watching his fan base get angrier and him just just basically quitting. So it's been crazy to watch that unfurl as since we all do reviews ourselves to watch somebody who's bigger than us kind of explode. Right, right. I, it's it's odd. It almost seems like he wants to do other stuff. But the, I, I assume that the, the angry reviews kind of burn him out because of the amount of time and effort that goes into it. Yeah. Um, like, Philip, you were saying, like, that video you said took you a couple days to do, right? The one? Yeah, um, like, almost three days. Almost three he, full he days. He seems to say yeah. it takes, like, 200 hours to do an angry review. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it, it can take me 30 to 60 hours to do a top 10, depending on how much footage I got to capture, how much research it takes, how much, how complicated the script is. Like, when I did my top 10 lost games that actually took me about 60 hours to do even though it looks like a little 13 minute video with a couple slides it's very difficult to find this footage and do the research and manage to find these lost excerpts about a script you know so i can understand like a big angry review that has costumes and scripting and green screen i understand that it takes time i don't know about 200 hours but it takes yeah i'm time. actually working on a video now that's going to be like probably eight or nine minutes but it's gonna take. It's I've actually been working on it for about three weeks now. So yeah. it's it's actually the uh, little sneak peek for the people actually in here. It's actually the his, the development history of Mother Three. Oh wow, nice. Yeah. So I have like I found there's a couple interviews that popped up recently that got me like really wanting to do it. Um, interviews from uh, a toy himself and then Miyamoto talking back and forth about it. Um, mm. Different things that happened. Uh, which is really cool. They talked about how it was announced uh, uh, in a commercial with Mother 1 and 2 compilation hmm. um, randomly one day. And then they also talked about the differences between going from the Super Famicom to the N64 DD and then to the Game Boy Advance in terms hmm. of development because it went like to all those platforms. So yeah. kind of cool stuff. Um, but uh, like just seeing how long that's going to take is is like, man, I don't know, because his anger reviews are like 25 minutes, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Some of, them, some of them are even longer. Yeah. Um, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily, just depending, I wouldn't necessarily 100% like not believe him if he says 200 hours, because if you look at the, the videos that oh, he yeah. does, like sometimes he has to drive places, you know what I'm saying, and shoot the video. Sometimes he can't, like his, um, 
his or what was it the Rambo that he did that Rambo video yeah. where he was outside with the with the other Joe and shooting. So sometimes he has to do green screen work inside of his house, and sometimes he has to drive and do multiple shoots outside and roll around and put on the costumes, and then you have to play the whole game because it shows his mm -hmm. live streaming. But you have to completely play through the whole game as well. So however long that takes, and if it has multiplayer, you have to go through like all of that as well and kind of get like, like let's say like an injustice or like a mortal Kombat. you got to play through the single player you got to play through the multiplayer you got to find all the little you know things that he always points out so i wouldn't necessarily like you know say that that's you know maybe it is 200 hours yeah, yeah. um yeah but i mean to be honest like he can do that though you know what i'm saying because he has millions of subscribers he's already made however much money off of it he can upload movie reviews and get like seventy-seven thousand views on those or a hundred thousand even yeah, yeah like he can do people can be pissed off all day oh that's not gonna change him he can still make money off of Dude, the spider-man video he did yeah. where it looked like he came home sat down in front of his webcam and just talked for like 15 minutes over over half a million views on that one exactly yeah. so he can just do that and be fine for two months and still he won't make as much as he makes like you know doing it normally but he, he he'll be fine so that's why when people are making a big deal but i'm like yo he's just taking a break man because he's just tired of like all this he's just taking a little break he'll be back with his angry joe reviews because he generally likes to do those from what i well, let me ask you let me ask you a question um do you think it was a an issue that he turned off his comments and ratings and everything He's so that that's to, that's what a lot of people were really mad about. He I just did that to mess with people in my opinion he just did it to because like he was just pissed off that's what that's what i think well, I, I do think that it's – I think he was just mad. I think he was just super yeah. mad. I don't understand. People are, like, freaking out on him for that specifically. You're censoring us, and it's like, man, that dude was getting every single comment. The top comment on every video was, you fat fuck, you yeah. suck. You know, So it's like I can understand. I mean, I, I would never turn off my comment section. Obviously, my comment sections are usually pretty positive. But occasionally, I'll find an older video that says, why do you talk so slow, you freaking cringe lord? And it's like, well, okay, that's the top comment then. But man, that dude, <laughs> the fact that he disabled comments and ratings does seem, it seems crazy, but if that's what he wants to do. Sure, sure, yeah. I, think, I mean, it, oh, go ahead, Philip. Yeah, I, th I think he's just at that level now where he can sort of just do whatever he wants and he's going to be okay. Um, you know, it's like what OJ said. He's just taking a break. You know, if he said, I'm quitting and I'm done, then I guess people could, you know, start uprising and stuff like that. But I think that he's just tired of the grind. And we're all like, you know, all everyone on YouTube, whether you're big or small, it's a grind. Yeah, you know? hell yeah. So like, and you know, it's like what you were saying earlier, Max, you know, it's it, those videos pay his bills, but they probably maybe for him are require like the most pressure or they, they cause him the most pressure, require the most time, most stress. And maybe he just needs a break. And, and that's all right, because when he comes back, I'm sure that he's it's going to kick butt, you know, not, so. not only that, but he gets a ton of donations and stuff on his live. He live streams all the time. He's still playing games. He gets his donations. He has his hardcore fans that aren't going anywhere, like in, yeah. the, hundreds, in the hundreds of thousands of people that just like, I don't care. I like Angry Joe. I'm gonna continue supporting him. I'll watch his movie reviews. I'll watch everything he does. So man, he'll he'll be all right. People are, some people are overreacting. Like I've been hearing, I've been seeing some of the reaction videos from people. I'm like, oh my god, chill out, guys. Like I, I just, think <laughs> people are probably overreacting on purpose, though. Like we've talked about yeah, before, yeah, just because yeah. they want to turn into something massive. When a guy is just wants to maybe pivot a little bit, maybe for a month or two, talk about mm -hmm. movies. And then, like he said, in what September he'll be back at the movie review at the uh, game reviews. So mm -hmm. I again, people are just you know. Being people, <laughs> yeah, he'll be he'll be fine. I've been subscribed to Angry Joe's for a very long time. I, I think I I subscribed to him before he had a million subscribers. You know, I was yep, well before that. So I, I've been watching him like you know back when he was with 
what did he do? He tried to go to the, the, the Game Awards with Jeff Keighley, and Jeff Keighley kind of yeah. <laughs> destroyed him at the game. Getting destroyed by Jeff Keighley, I know. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of what happened to him, you know. So I've been watching him for a long time. Whether he does things right, he does things wrong, it doesn't matter. People, Everyone makes mistakes. So for me, I want to see his angry reviews, right? But if he wants to take a little break, if he wants to chill, he wants to do movie stuff, I don't watch any of that stuff. But it's okay. Just when he comes back, he'll come back. If he doesn't want to do it for a while, then that's fine. It's free entertainment for us in the in the end, right? So it's free. He's going to run out of money eventually, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. If, they, if these movies can come out, I mean, how many how many views do you think he'll get on his uh, his Justice League? Yeah. Um, well, well, that, but what's also weird is that Angry Joe's in a weird situation of pressure because he also has several employees. If you guys ever actually watch his content, he pays other Joe's bills. He pays an editor who you never really see in his videos, but he has a guy who does extra special effects and graphics for him that's a full-time employee, and he also pays Delrith through a lot of streaming so that there's stuff every night, even when he's working. So it's just, I think that's also kind of weighing on him occasionally of being like, if this video doesn't go viral, I'm literally going to have to pay these people out of my food money. Like he, mm -hmm. I think he's kind of, I think he may have taken on too much um, and just expected things to get bigger too fast. I don't know. I, I just think it may be. There's probably more. a lot more going on, a little bit more, like with his own personal stuff behind yep. the scenes, you know, probably like with this. Because, yeah, he does pay all of those guys in order to do that. So, um, but they seem to be behind him, though. You know, as far as like the videos that I've seen with him and other Joe, they he seems to be, seems like everything will be fine. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it'll be okay. Oh yeah, no, he'll be fine. He'll be back. Like I said, he just he just wants to take a bit of a break. I think that's I don't think that's an issue. Take and a he, break, man. <laughs> and he could come back bigger and better. I mean, let's not forget the fact that there was a time when JonTron took almost like an entire year off from making videos, and when he came back, all of a sudden he had this giant set and extra producers, and it just the whole show changed for the dramatic better increase. So it could just mm -hmm. be that he goes away for a couple months and he comes back, and all of a sudden his studio he, he figures out how to actually green screen. <laughs> <laughs> he could be in like some sort of creative lull, you know, maybe yeah. he's tired of doing the same thing over and over again. And, and Max, you're you're absolutely right. Like you know, when he comes back, it's gonna be this new thing maybe like a revision of the whole review formula that he has so we'll see so let's um let's talk about some gaming stuff now that's why we're here that's why we're here right we're here for that amen um, first first of all I, I should probably ask you guys if you guys play anything good this week before we get into some of the news and discussion stuff uh yeah i played a lot of and i guess my video is getting a lot of views because it's kind of controversial in a way i've been playing this uh what do they call it? The Sega Genesis the flashback. flashback, right? Yeah, and I love this thing. Well, I don't love it, but I, I think it's great. Every major website says that this is trash. I think GameStop's official article is, do not buy this machine. Dude, so. I, saw, I saw an article. I think it was Destructoid. Who wrote it? And the first thing they say is, I don't have it, and I've never played it, but it's terrible. It's yeah, it's oh, so okay. So, this is what I'll say is if you are a hardcore Sega collector who actually has hundreds of the cartridges, this machine is great. The emulation itself is good, but I feel like this is for people who actually have cartridge games because the selection on here isn't great. But I feel like a lot of the people who reviewed this at major websites are guys in a cubicle and they were handed this and they're like, What am I doing? <laughs> and so they were like, Four out of ten. So I would have I would have loved to take that thing apart and identify the processors in it. It, it feels like it weighs about six ounces. Like I could literally hold it with my pinky. I'm not sure what what's it's in probably here. A, it's probably an arm. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, yeah. 
yeah. just gotta say something real quick. You know, Spawnwave, dude, you're like the Dexter of the video game community, man. It's like <laughs> you're just like, oh, I want to take that apart. <laughs> yeah, it's like the first thing I think of when I see it, man. It's like I want to take that apart. <laughs> I mean, did you guys? I took the 2DS XL apart the day I got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do it for everything, I think, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm honestly just curious what's in it, that's all. <laughs> yeah. But that's cool. But I like that it plays uh, cartridges. That's really neat that it does that. Yeah. Um, oh, and the uh, the upscaling is clean. The upscaling is clean, and the controller itself has this rewind button, so you can skip forward, sec skip backwards in time sec seconds. So I was in a getting. I was playing a lot of my hardest games. I was playing stuff like... Uh, uh, freaking vector man and stuff and just kicking butt and if i missed a dodge i could just skip backwards six seconds so i think it's an interesting machine but man it uh it is getting destroyed by everybody but me so my video is getting a lot of views and people in the comments section are like why are you the only person who doesn't think this should be melted in a parking lot <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna have to do like a whole setup for the xbox one x now where i like saran wrap it to my table i, know. I was really thinking about that i was like I, that would be awesome if you did do that like or at least like green screen it i think that'd be really cool <laughs> i'll saran wrap it man i don't care <laughs> get like an apron yeah dude. Thing, you know some gloves get all the tools <laughs> mask <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Um, what about what about you, uh, OJ? What, what, what have you been playing this week, man? Um, not nothing big. Just a little game called um, Splatoon Two. I don't know how it did. Um, I don't think it did that very that like that well. But yeah, I've been playing a little bit of game called Splatoon Two. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's great. I absolutely love it. There's a lot of cool things about it. Still playing through the single player. Um, obviously, Splatoon Two. Everyone's playing the game. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so Splatoon Two. I've been practicing with Smash Brothers because I'm trying to go to um, trying to go to some events. Um, hopefully at, uh, this year and uh, compete in some tournaments. So yeah, playing Smash and playing Splatoon Two. So nothing nothing too um, interesting. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean that means Splatoon Two is fun. I assume is, is that what you've been playing, Philip? <laughs> it's fun. A ton of Splatoon Two when I have time. I I played a little bit of um, Undercooked. Or overcooked? Overcooked. Oh, yeah. yeah. Overcooked. yeah. I want undercooked. Get me undercooked. That's right the now. prequel, yeah. <laughs> That's the prequel. Uh, I saw your gameplay on it, and I was like, oh, this looks like way too much fun. So yeah, I, it's because I, I was like, up. I was losing my mind, dude. <laughs> yeah, it looks insane. Yeah, I played it by myself, too. I'm like, there's no way. I need a friend. Someone get me a friend. <laughs> that game yeah. desperately needs online play, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. It'd be great. Cool. That that's why I've been I've played up I've probably put sixty hours into Overcooked on PS4 when it first came out because they came out with a bunch of free DLC like the seasons uh, it was like a, they made extra maps and you could like cook with a flamethrower and stuff and so the day it came out I ended up uh, buying it and my military friends came over and we just played it for like fifteen hours straight screaming orders at each other you're burning my fish it was like man that game is so good uh, it's, yeah. it's it's great I just like I said I just want that online multiplayer i think that would help it a lot uh yeah. just, i mean it, it works really well on the switch because it does have single joy-con play so you can just set it up oh, and do yeah, that yeah, yeah. it's really neat it works and the in the uh switch version apparently is a special edition so i guess it comes with the dlc also um which is yeah. good <laughs> yeah there's like some dlc in there too i just it'd be cool though if the online had some voice chat because i 
can't imagine how yeah. frustrating that would be. <laughs> I just playing screamed with my voice chat. I was screaming at my yeah. when it was just me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yelling at your hands. You no. have to talk. Well, and there's so many times where you have to be like, clean the dishes, clean the dishes. Like, cause there's so many things going on in the kitchen of, okay, I'll be chopper. Like someone calling out order. So I can't imagine playing that without voice it was chat. Just, so, it was me like down here playing it. And like, I wasn't even streaming or doing anything. And I'm just like, why is there a crosswalk in my kitchen? Yes. Why? <laughs> like, just screaming it, and people going back and forth in my kitchen. In the later maps, one of my favorite later maps is one where you're on a pirate ship and the ship actually keeps tilting back and forth every time that it does so everything shit or did you go to the one where it's like there's a ghost kitchen and you can only see like parts of the map at once you're like in a haunted oh, forest I didn't do that one yet that sounds awesome yeah it gets so crazy or you're on an iceberg and the iceberg is like partially melting and penguins are like hey let me just fuck with all the shit you're cooking <laughs> <laughs> uh man um, it's over overcooked though man that, yeah it's good anything else yeah. philip uh yeah and then a little bit of fate extella um, which I got, I downloaded that from the Japanese eShop a couple, oh, okay. a week or two ago, a little couple days before it came out in America or North America. Who makes and so game? I have no clue, actually. It's I'm not sure. Oh, no, it's, it's been, it's in my email. email. I have to look, it's, it's in my email. <laughs> you said who makes it? It's Xseed it's yeah. or like Marvelous okay. uh, that you get. Um, so, yeah. I haven't, I haven't played, I have a code for it that they sent over. I haven't played it. <laughs> I, oh, I really, really need to. For, yeah. for, for which one I miss it? Which game? Uh, Fate, Extella. Am I thinking right? Fate, Extella? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fate, Extella. I, I got barraged with codes this past week, just randomly. But go, yeah. go on, Philip. I'll get to that when I get there. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it was, it's cool. It's a nice game, but it's just, it's kind of hard because I, I played that um, after I played Fire Emblem Warriors. And oh. Fire Emblem Warriors just feels like, what Fate Extella wanted to be so badly. Um, at least like, you know, with controls wise and stuff like that. Not to say that Fate Extella is like a bad game. It's just hard to go from something like Fire Emblem that feels like so produced and like really well made and polished, even even though it's not even done yet, to something like Fate Extella, which kind of feels like it's still a little bit in beta form in my opinion. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, it's a full sixty dollar game, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I paid like ninety dollars for it because of the oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to do a whole video on it, and then I just got bombarded with all these accessories, and I'm like, I, I, people like my accessory reviews, so I'm just yeah. accessories. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember when I got that Extella code. See, my problem was I got hit with so. All right, so I guess this week I've been playing I, uh, Infinite Golf, Overcooked, Manco Museum, uh, Ultra Hyperball. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I played a little bit of Ultra Hyper. I have no idea what's going on in this game, by the way. Oh, is that the one with like, a, it's like a ping pong game, but you use your I, finger to I, like flick I it? Think, I, I, as far as I can tell, I'm a football player who doesn't wear oh. pads, but wears a helmet. And okay, then I kind of okay. hacky sack the thing up like a ball up and down. And I try to get it at a certain height. <laughs> Interesting. Yes, I, I I don't really know what's going on in the game. I will say that. <laughs> uh, I, did a, I did a quick Let's Play in Namco Museum earlier today that I have to post at some point. And then infinite golf is interesting, but the problem with infinite golf is—I don't know if you guys noticed with the Joy Cons—it's—it's it's definitely for a pro controller because you know how the travel distance on the Joy Con isn't—it's um, weird, right? You don't get a full travel distance when you move the Joy Con's joystick around, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, infinite golf relies on the right stick to basically press down and then push up to uh, to swing your putter. Mm. which I, I don't like. I've never liked that in anything. It was like that, I think, on the Vita for Hot Shots, and I changed immediately to button presses where, you know, mm -hmm. you press A, and then you press A again when it's a certain meter. Uh, but they don't have that, as far as I can tell, in Infinite Mini Golf. Um, and that, that's what I'd rather do, because it's very weird. It's a fun game, but it's just, it's very, it's very hard to control. Um, and then, yeah, I was playing Overcooked. 
and I think that's it. And then Splatoon 2 now and then, but um, there's so many things that have been happening. And all those accessories. Oh, my gosh. I, I, same same over here, Philip. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I will say I would have liked to have been set that Sega console. That would have been cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I've been putting a lot of time into it. I, it's not a lot of video reviews of it yet, so I'm very happy to be out there early. Yeah, man. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. So. I- I haven't also. I've also been playing a lot of. There's an open beta right now for Lawbreakers. Did any yeah, of you? I downloaded it. I haven't played it. It's over it's there right a, now. I'm on the TV it, over there. <laughs> you. It is a game where you have to like suck at it for like an hour because oh. it is it like. But once you get into it, I think it is pretty cool. Okay. Okay. But I swear to God, it is just. It's just Overwatch. I mean, it's it's Overwatch remixed. It's kind of this guy has like. This person is Widowmaker's Grapple Hook, but with the shotgun of Roadhog. It's kind of just like a mashup of that exact same idea, but it's interesting. Hmm. Okay, because they, they swear it's supposed to be like, I guess he's trying to say it's revolutionary. I don't, I don't know. Well, it's um, Cliffy yeah. I feel bad for him because this is probably one of those things where it's like you started with an idea before somebody, but they finished it first. So even though your idea was the original one, now you look like the copycat. Because yeah. it, it feels so much like Overwatch, and I, I feel like they're probably going to get asked that a lot in interviews. Apparently, long, you don't put money in or anything. What were we saying, Philip? How long have they been working on Lawbreakers? Because I remember like hearing about that for at least a few years now, right? It's- yes. I I want to say that it's been in the works for, I want to say, five years. It's been in the works since... Um, uh, it's been in the works since Cliff Blazinski left Epic Games, and mm-hmm. originally it was going to be a free-to-play game. And they were working on it as a free-to-play model for a long time, and then like mm-hmm. at, about late last or early last year is when they they apparently some big investor came in. It was like, look, we'll pay your bills, but just c- cut out all the free-to-play. Nobody likes free-to-play. That doesn't work well with shooters. Just make it like good. And so they just are worried about making it good. It's yeah. going to be a normal thirty-dollar game, thirty-dollar at launch. I but it's a hero shooter. Yeah, it's a $30 hero shooter coming out August 8th, and uh, I'm interested in it. I've been emailing them about it because I'm trying to get an early copy, and they, I I have no idea how popular it's going to be or if it's going to catch on. But if it ends up getting a good community, I think it will is be. This, is this what Lawbreakers talking about? Yeah, yeah. Lawbreakers. So hope- uh, bad numbers in their closed beta on Steam, though, I will say that. Bad oh, sorry, numbers. I think it was like uh, their, their closed beta on Steam were really bad numbers. I think yeah. it was less than 5,000 at peak hours. That's the best Jesus they ever recorded. Yes. On Steam, when it was a closed beta and you could email them and get a code, I think they sent out like, seriously, like I think they said they sent out like 80,000 codes or something, 100,000 codes, and just no one was interested in playing for more than Honestly, an hour. Honestly, I got a code and I didn't even redeem it. <laughs> so, the, holy shit. That's, I mean, people have to realize like 5,000 in the grand scheme of things, especially for a free online game, is zero. That might as well be zero. Jesus. Yep. yep. So, I mean, I'll check it out because it looks cool. I have the beta loaded. It's downloaded and ready to play. I just haven't had yeah. a chance to. What was that game that tonight. came out with Overwatch that just died? Like uh, Battleborn. Battleborn. I'm just, I'm really afraid that it's another Battleborn. Well, and I don't think it deserves to be at all. Yeah. I reviewed Battleborn and hated it. Like, I, I made a point to I was like, all right, everyone's focusing on Overwatch. I'm going to try and review this and, and give it, like, the honest attention it deserves. And I hated it. And it, I feel like the problem was marketing there is Battleborn was trying to be like, we're the cool kid Overwatch. We're the Sonic Adventure of hero shooters. And, <laughs> and everybody was like, okay, well, Overwatch is great. We'll just compare you to that. And they're like, actually, no, don't, don't do that. And so we got a bunch of sixes. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about some financial stuff that, that's come out. Now, Nintendo, uh, actually, I should, I should ask you, Philip, did you get a chance to look at some of the financial stuff that Nintendo put out? 
Um, no, honestly, oh, I have cool. not. Yeah, had I'll, I'll tell you the I'll tell you the number. It's not a big deal. Perfect. Pretty straightforward. So this goes to the end of June. This would be uh, end of June 30th would be the, the end of their fiscal quarter. And up until that point, they've sold 4.7 million switch units worldwide. Um, and that's uh, software at 13.6 million. And then from there, massive attach rates for their games, Zelda at 3.92 million pieces sold. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, 3.54 million. One Two Switch, strangely, at 1.22 million. I can't even believe that it's that high, to be honest. <laughs> um, and then ARMS, the big one, because it was only on the market for two weeks. Remember, it, it, that came out mid-June, and this report ended at the end of June. 1.18 million, um, which is which I think is surprising for a brand-new IP that is uh, it's all, it's on a small user base. The Switch is still pretty small in terms of, obviously, grand scheme of things. The Xbox One, PS4, way more units out there. Uh, and then, and then you see a game like Arms get that really that many units sold through, or at least shipped, if that's what they're reporting. Uh, pretty, I think, a big accomplishment. Mm -hmm. um, let me let me ask actually let me, let me ask you, OJ, because I know I know you reported on this the same day I was talking about it as well. Um, what do you what do you think about those numbers that Nintendo put up there? Well, pretty good for Arms. I was surprised, just like you, you know, when it came to Arms. Uh, that's pretty good, you know, especially for a, a fighting game, a new IP. Fighting games don't sell like that anymore, right? We're not, and we're not including Smash Brothers fighting games in there. We're not, we're not including that. We're just including like the prototypical um, fighting games. As my daughter walks across the ground, uh, trying to stay out of the, stay, trying to stay out of the camera. Um, we're just talking about the prototypical uh, fighting games, um, and it's already on track to kind of outsell Street Fighter V. Which yeah, I was gonna. We were gonna get to that in a minute. It's, oh, okay. it's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, which is which is just it's just interesting. And then on top of that, like you have like um, Street Fighter. Um, what was it? You know, we're, I guess we're gonna talk about Ultra Street Fighter oh, yeah. Two as well. Oh yeah. Um, but it's just it's cool to see that the fighting games that are on the Switch that are doing good. And I think that there's definitely a community that likes the fact. And I think it's because it's like portable, right? You can take it where you want and play. But I think that's probably one of the biggest things. I'm not sure if ARMS would have done as well as just on a you know stationary uh, console. Sure. Whereas to here, like you can go and play people like anywhere you want. There's been actually a couple times at Best Buy uh, where I've played someone. I've gotten a couple matches in it with arms um, already. So, so it's um it's interesting um, and a little bit surprising that it sold that well uh, that fast. Um, so yeah, I was, I was surprised like you were. You know. Yeah, two weeks, big big sales yeah. there for two weeks. I mean, who knows where it's at right now? Could be could be past Street Fighter all we know right now. So, mm -hmm. um, what about what about you, Vax? I know I know you uh, you asked me about those numbers earlier. What are you what are you thinking? I just, I'm surprised about ARMS, but more than anything, I'm just so, my my brain is melted about the attach rate. I mean, at this point, it seems like every single Switch owner has bought like eight games. If you look yeah. at the overall attach rate, every single person, like you got to think, it's like 90%, maybe even higher than 90% of the total user base of the Switch has bought Zelda and Mario Kart. It's just like, man. They were just crazy? murdering. I mean, yeah. I mean, you those attach rates are just astronomical. Even a even a quarter of the user base has bought one two switch. <laughs> what about that just, one too? I mean, that <laughs> man. I have no idea because that is just that's such a bad game. I've actually like they they tried to sell that as a party game. I bought that, went to a party, and I could not get drunk people to even pick it up. They were just like, "Nah, it's cool. I'll just lay on the floor." I think with one two switch though. Demo. 
it's like that, I think that was a game a lot of people bought like day one and then yeah. quickly realized yeah. that no, 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 no. Like yeah. I regret this. <laughs> so Dude, that would have been an awesome pack-in game. Oh my gosh, that'd be. I know great. they're crazy yeah. for not doing it. I mean, That's at the time, it maybe made sense. Like they wanted to sort of like uh, sway the switch away from the idea of motion controls, make it seem like a different system than the Wii. Whereas the you know one two switch is so motion control focused, and I think that's why Nintendo didn't pack it in, because it's so like you know oh it's all motion. Apparently, controls. apparently they didn't have to because they made over fifty million dollars from it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah apparently it was the right decision. Yeah, they didn't have to pack it in. It would have actually been hor- the, the reason why I say they shouldn't have packed it in because if they if they do pack it in, people are going to complain that you make us buy like to the overall price of the system, you made us buy this crappy game. You know, so I think it was good. Just just leave it out. You know, you don't lose the money on the actual like packing it in. You don't have to actually compensate for it like you did with Nintendo Land and have it be, you know, 350 instead of normal, like, you know, the 300. So I think it was just leave it out. And if somebody wants it, they wanted it. If not, just get something else, you know, so. Sure, sure. But um, yeah, you're right, though, Max, the attach rate is massive on these games to that system. And it, I think it's becoming more and more obvious now, especially when we get into Street Fighter here in a second, that it's it's more interesting to people because it's a portable system as well. I think people are just interested in buying games to play on the go, not just it's a Nintendo game. I Like Lego City Undercover, we've talked about this a lot, sold the best on the Switch, despite the PS4 and the Xbox One having a massive library or a massive user base. And I think we're getting to a point where, like, when FIFA comes out, that's going to be interesting because then we'll see really how interested these gamers are in playing something like a FIFA on the go. And if that trumps the experience of having to sit in front of a TV, having the option at the same price to take your system with you and go wherever you want. Well, so I was saying in a video months ago that I feel like the true test of the Nintendo Switch's portability is going to be if I start seeing it at conventions. I go to a lot of conventions for fun, and I've wondered, because you guys know, since you guys go to conventions pretty frequently, normally the lines are packed with people with 3DSs in hand. Yes. Because it's small, fits right in your pocket, has hundreds of games, it has great digital content. That's been the go-to portable play device. And surprisingly, I am actually seeing people starting to adopt the Switch as a normal, regular, everyday, on-the-go thing. I'll see people in line to like get an autograph from some like big E celebrity, and they're actually sitting there playing Mario Kart with the person next to them and stuff, like with the, the little Joy-Con. So I have to say that it looks like Nintendo has miraculously made the jump of selling this as a home console and a handheld. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen um, some really, really crazy interest, like especially with that aspect of it, like mm-hmm. playing it in groups, waiting in lines. Like I went to go pick up a physical copy of Splatoon 2 at my local GameStop, mm-hmm. and there was like, I don't know, 30 people there, and half of them were just huddled up in, in circles, just yeah. like the commercial playing their Switches <laughs> together, you know? Not Splatoon, they were playing Mario Kart or something. Yeah. But I just think that's so cool. But I still do, like I have been to a lot of conventions recently, but I, and, and I have seen at least half or half as many, you know, um, DSs. There's still a lot of, like, 3DSs. There's a lot of 3DSs still out out there. there. No Vitas, surprisingly, which is really sad. But lots of 3DSs and 2DSs. Yeah, that Vita, man, that was a good system. It's just the forgotten stepchild, I guess. Well, they don't even sell the Vita at most places anymore. Like, there's no... I I can't even buy a Vita, unless it's, like, GameStop. Like, you can't buy a Vita, like, where I'm at. Like, Walmart, there's no Vitas at Best Buy. There's no Vitas at most places. They don't even have accessories accessories anymore. They used to. Yeah. Pulled all of them. 
my uh my local GameStop has like this tiny half shelf like basically tucked under the back you almost have to like whisper a code word for them to point it out to you but that's like all the Vita games they're literally not alphabetized they're not even like with their spines out like my collection they're literally stacked up horizontally like dig through it with a shovel you'll find it if you want it it's just a matter of time before they're in the middle of the store you know in the clearance bin <laughs> yeah you, yep. to, you know like, what, what's gonna be crazy is i can pretty much tell you right now vita games in like 15 20 years those are gonna be the games that people are trying to collect like yep. the physical ones so if you have vita games now go put them in a closet if you're not playing them and just keep them well especially some weird stuff of uh right off the bat if you actually got in uh a vita at launch Sony gave you a bunch of free games that were also being sold physically at the same time, so nobody bought them. So if you have like Uncharted or the original Gravity Rush, a lot of those actually are going to be really valuable. So I have a, a big old shelf of of gold. No. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, no, the uh, attach rates are good so far. Nintendo's in a, in a good spot. They managed to uh, really do a good job marketing this system as opposed to what the the train wreck of the Wii U's marketing was where nobody knew what it even was for the most part, at least mainstream-wise. Yeah. Nintendo fans knew what it was. Yeah. But uh, mainstream-wise, I had so many people when I worked at the game stores that I worked at, when the Wii U was like coming out, they couldn't figure out what it was exactly. They didn't know if it was a tablet or if there was a console went along with it. Now it's the Switch. You know, okay, it's a system, and I can hook up to my TV. It basically has TV out, so I can play it at home or I can take it with me. And uh, I think it's becoming obvious that they're trying to get celebrities to play the Switch too. You guys oh, yeah. see a lot of like uh, the Barcelona teams playing um, like Mario Kart and uh, uh, really just anybody that they can get that it has some kind of, I guess, uh, influence on people. They are doing anything they can to get them playing the Switch in front of people. I mean, we saw how many YouTubers they sent it to. Yeah. Um, so they, they definitely understand that media is very important right now for the Switch as well. Yeah, I noticed that when they got when they got the weekend to post something about the <laughs> Nintendo Switch, which is funny. And for those who don't know, he's uh, who's the girl, uh, Selena Gomez was that her name? The one that used to date Justin Bieber, whatever. She's a singer, yeah. so there she's dating this other singer, and they got him to talk about the Switch. So Nintendo, they they, re I mean, I don't know if he did it. I don't know if Nintendo asked him to do it or not, but he did. He made some posts well, about the Switch too. So. I, I was just blown away that they got John Cena. That's John the Cena, best marketing they could do, by the yeah. way, John well, Cena. <laughs> I've heard that John Cena is actually one of those builds that's extremely expensive to do anything because he's just such a charity-focused guy. He spends so much of his free time. When he's not doing like official events, he's doing charity work like 80 hours a week. Like so to make you, a wish stuff, right? Yeah. So if you fly that guy out to talk about the Switch, he's going to walk in like a gorilla and be like, hey, man, you want to play 1-2 Switch? <laughs> if you punch my hand, they won't find the body. <laughs> they, they, they knew what they were doing, though, because everybody made like memes about it where they made yeah. him invisible, holding the Switch. Yes. You know, like, who's holding yeah. the Switch and stuff? Like, I can't see him, all this stuff. Perfect, perfect yeah. marketing for the American audience because you look at John Cena and he's like that – I mean, he's like the person you could put on your poster and be like, you know, the, the clean-shaven guy that's like this yeah. big bodybuilder. You know, you could put him on the front of anything and, and people would be like, eh, maybe I should buy that. It's definitely not – he's like a tough-looking guy, right? And they put him with a Nintendo system, and it doesn't seem as much like a kid's console that people thought like things with the Wii and the Wii U were. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot, of, a lot of marketing, a lot of psychological marketing um, going on there. And uh, I, think, I think that was a good move for him to do stuff like that. 
Um, and then, of course, all the YouTubers got it, big YouTubers. They invited people to the event that had no idea what was going on. Yes. <laughs> like Casey Neistat showed up and yes. was like, I'm here to see all my YouTube friends. Oh, and I guess I'll check out this Nintendo thing. I thought that was so fascinating because Casey Neistat reviews all sorts of technology, and I bet they really begged him to come out there. So it's so interesting watching a guy who is so famous in the tech world pick up this, like, prototype switch and talk about it. Like, they were so smart about clearly, like, really talking to people and being like, look, what palm do we have to grease to get you to just talk about this and and manhandle this for us? That way your audience is seen uh, seeing you use it. Man, they were they were really smart with that early marketing. Yes, yes. And people are even saying that in the chat, yeah, they had for the wrestling game, they got uh, the cover athlete Seth Rollins to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so they they know what they're doing right now uh, with all of that. Um, they're definitely pushing heavily on the uh, leaning heavily on the on the football marketing in um in Europe right now. I, I've seen a lot of that. For oh, FIFA yeah. coming up, and I think they're really hoping that FIFA can be big on the Switch. And I think they might have something here. It's very weird because at first we all saw that it's missing, um, what the the journey or whatever. But then I realized not a lot of people who play competitively play the journey. And as long as it was a competent build, which apparently it is, apparently it's 1080p and 60 frames per second. It is, Switch. yeah. I played it. Yeah. yeah, it's really great. It's really fun. Yeah. I was um, going to ask you about this about this film. So you played FIFA. Um, I did, and yeah. you said it played well. I thought so, yeah. From what I played with it, I played one match. I think it was almost almost ten minutes. I lost really quickly. Um, I was playing <laughs> against some like really, really avid FIFA player. I was playing against the uh -huh. wrong guy, um, but um, he, and he seemed to really like it too. He was impressed. So like, did you um, kinda, did you get footage of that too? Um, I started to, and then they started yelling at me like, oh, yeah, really? yeah, like no, too close, back up, and I'm like, I can't, it's on the camera's on me, and he's like, oh, turn it off. So, oh jeez, uh, wow, yeah. man, did yeah. they um, they let you uh, I saw you got footage of fire, you got direct capture of fire emblem, um, yeah, and poking, you also yeah. poking, and then you got that Skyrim build, man, that Skyrim build did well for you too, but uh. <laughs> The Skyrim build, though, man, that thing looked like it played well. How did it feel when you were playing it? It did. It played amazing, and I'm I'm really disappointed in the quality of the video. I'm, I just want to say that right now. I'm really sorry because it was so difficult for me to like position the switch and the camera and find the right lighting. Yeah. Um. So like, it was really like it broke my heart. Like, finally, like handheld Skyrim footage, and it looks like this. Uh, you know. But yeah. Um. But at least I got it out there. But actually playing the game, like my video visually didn't do it justice. Actually playing the game itself is incredible. Like it's actually Skyrim with almost no, from what I experienced, frame drops, very fast load times. The loading, the loading caught me off guard. It took like, what was it, 10 seconds to load? 10 seconds, yeah, like Jeez, pretty that's quickly. Like, that's like something that I would get out of like, out of a decently fast mechanical drive on a computer. That's what I was getting with a solid state though, it's much faster, but um, like that was, that's like what I was really excited for. Cause back with the 360 and the PS3, dude, those load times were so bad. Yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh. Really, I think they really <laughs> optimized it very well for the switch, which is why it probably didn't come out for, you know, obviously breath of the wild was coming out at launch. They didn't want to bring out two like, you know, RPG fantasy games at the same time, Yeah. but they took their time with this and it shows like, it really shows that it was, that it's well optimized. It plays well. Like we don't have to sit there and wait forever for things to happen. You can just jump right in and play. The one thing is don't go in there expecting to play the whole game with motion controls. Oh, it's, come on, come on. Come, yeah. <laughs> come the on. bow is good. The bow is good. 
but everything yeah. else is just kind well, of you, like you know there's oh, gonna yeah. be that crazy you know there's gonna be that crazy dude that's like i'm gonna sit here and play with motion control yeah you know he's gonna sit there and struggle like a hundred something else you know there's gonna be that dude but i want to ask a question off of um as yeah. far as the frame rate goes is is it 30 frames per second or is it 60 because some were people some people were saying it's 60 based off the trailer that they released so mm -hmm. that you played what can you tell i thought i thought it was 30 but can you uh, kind of I it was it was undocked. It was in handheld mode, so that was in thirty frames per second for sure. Okay. That's okay. what the representative what? told me. Um, mm. On, but he couldn't even answer because I asked him. So on the TV mode it, or on TV, it's going to be sixty frames, and he's like, "That I don't know. We, you Here, know, I don't know." Here's so. the issue with Skyrim, though. Uh, I, you guys, I don't know if you guys know this. When you get above sixty frames, even if you accidentally get above sixty frames, believe it or not, the physics in that game start to break. Oh yeah, I've <laughs> heard that. It's the weirdest yeah. thing. I've actually done this on my computer at one point just to try it. It goes nuts. It freaks out when the frame rate gets super high. Like yeah. I think I got it to hundred frames, and just the weirdest stuff started happening yeah. in front I've, of me. I've seen a video of a guy <laughs> bumping uh, like a pot or a dish off a table at hundred frames a second, and it starts bouncing where it's like it's trying to process the fall at sixty frames, so it assumes it's slamming into the ground. <laughs> it's like what happened? So I, I, I personally don't care. I mean, I played it at thirty frames, and I thought it was amazing on the Xbox yeah. 360. The 360 was like that was like eighteen frames, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The PS3 was like six frames. Then. <laughs> it, well, my biggest problem was th with the load times was because it would take so long to load the music. I played the 360 version, and I remember like a dragon would show up, and sometimes I'd hear my disc drive like. I should ask you that, Philip. You didn't you didn't run into a scene with a dragon in there, did you, when you did the demo? No, no. It was basically I almost showed the entire like quest part that I played just like mm -hmm. right after that temple. It's pretty much over. That I would be curious to see how it runs when a drag because when the dragon comes down, that's when it gets the most taxing on whatever system you're playing yeah. on. I would have been really curious to see how that ran. But people, I, I put out on Twitter, I was like, "Wow, it's really cool to see Skyrim run on um, the Switch like that, like that." Well, and people were like, "That game's like a generation old." Yeah, but you have to understand, it's it, it doesn't run particularly well even on, I mean, the PS4 and the Xbox One is 30 frames per second, so it's not like that's even 60. But I the do fact wanna, that, oh, go ahead, Phil. I, I just, I, I did want to say, um, one thing that I did notice, and, and this might be caused to why the performance is running so well on the Switch, is that it didn't seem like there were too many NPCs around, to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah. Like, I would say there's like half as much people in the towns you know what I mean? And the enemies were really hard to find. And I know that Skyrim, like, you know, it's pretty big. It's pretty open. You're not going to find an enemy around every corner. But I wasn't even really running into too many animals. You know what is, I mean? Is it possible like that. that was because the build was like a demo build, kind of? Very possible yeah. that it was a yeah. demo build, vertical slice type of thing that they, yeah. you know, well, very particularly positioned things around. Yeah. But who knows? I, I very strongly think that's what it is. I play a lot of demos when I go to conventions and stuff, especially like if you go to PAX or QuakeCon, and a lot of times they'll be like, okay, look, we put 10 enemies behind this barricade to show you how the defense system works, but if you walk anywhere else, this whole map is literally just flowers blooming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, but get, I mean, getting back to my original point, the fact that they're putting Skyrim, which was at one time a, a game that brought, like we saw, the 360 and the PS3 that were thought to be like, like you know, very powerful systems when they came out to like they brought it to like their knees, even video cards. You had to try to pick out a good video card for it, and now it's showing up here on a Tegra that pulls 15 to 20 watts of power and it runs at 30 frames per second. Uh, you really have to sit back and be like, man, technology is insane right now. Like it, we've come so far <laughs> in in what the past five years now since yeah. the Tegra really started to take off recently. I mean, we've come so far in the five years or so. It, it really is amazing to see. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, and it's getting stronger every year. I just don't, I think that people don't notice the changes as much because we see so many like incremental changes ourselves. You know, like it used to be that um, PlayStation 1 comes out and then we all have that for 10 years and then PlayStation 2 comes out and then we all have that for seven years. And it's like, there's no like, there's no like mid console refreshes. Like a lot of people don't, you know, or there were or whatever. A lot of people don't play on PCs. A lot of people do play on consoles, so they can't tweak their settings. They can't like upgrade halfway through. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so you know what I mean. Well, there's a really famous picture that's gone around a lot, and I always like it. And it basically shows like PlayStation One graphics. Here's a 20 polygon person, and they look like like uh, Leon from Resident Evil One. Exactly. Yeah, Is and then it says Play PlayStation Two. Yeah, it says PlayStation Two, and this jumps to 2,000 polygons, and they're a lot more smooth. And it's like PlayStation Three. 10,000 polygons, and then it says PlayStation 4, 50,000 polygons. And you notice, like, well, as things get sharper, the jump is is yep. smaller to our eye, even though it is still technologically greater. You run into diminishing returns. And now, like I've said before, this is where developers have to start getting creative again, because going from 2D to 3D was a very big creative jump. And obviously, the possibilities are massive when you do that, because now you're in three-dimensional space. But you start to run into, well, what do we do now? Because like you're saying, Max, you see those statues. I, I think that's what you're talking about, right? The statues, yep. they're almost like the yeah. bus that yeah. you see. Yes, you and get, they're, they're like chiseled out, yeah. You get to a point where there's, what do you do? And and it's it's getting to a point now where it's like that. I mean, really, you have to go back and try to figure out how can we get creative. And it's really art style, visuals, and how you play the game that that's, it's going to come down to now. AI, I think, could vastly improve. That's something they could definitely work with. But otherwise, the, the reason I think the Switch is so appealing is because it's you play, you're playing your games differently because you're not tethered to a TV. And I don't really know where they go from here. I just don't think developers are that creative anymore. I, I'd say I don't want to say anymore, but before it was a lot easier to be creative because it went from Atari to 8-bit to 16-bit to 32-bit to 64, and then we jumped to the Dreamcast, then we were in 3D, and we have we can do CGI uh, uh, cutscenes, and all this stuff is happening very rapidly. And now we've kind of we've kind of plateaued, mm -hmm. right? So well, I I don't really know what they do now. Well, so we're still in an odd spot. So right now I'm writing a video for next week. Next week's uh, top ten includes a lot of indie games that are very experimental, and so replaying stuff that is small, like uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, stuff like that that's so minimalistic. It's literally just two joysticks for a three-hour adventure. It has very, very light on graphics, but tells an incredibly deep story and has a very, very gorgeous, tragic tale it weaves. I feel like more games need to move in that direction, which is like, use our controllers more creatively. Use storytelling and non-verbal uh, like dialogue more creatively. I don't know, I feel like we're still stuck at that point of being like, all right, how gritty can my gun be when I play Call of Duty 8? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, storytelling's a good, that's a good point, Max, because movies are still extremely popular, obviously. People go to theaters all the time. If you make a good story that's compelling, I think that's enough to be creative and actually be, give people a different experience. It's a mm -hmm. good point. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, it's very interesting. Philip, what other games, did you play any other games there before I move on? I know you played Fire Emblem, Pokin, uh, Skyrim, and you said FIFA. Was there anything else there that was like interesting? I, yeah, I saw oh. the N SNES classic, which was Oh, cool. did you really oh. like, hold it? <laughs> yes. I, did, I, I held it. I didn't play it. I got the chance to hold it. I have some footage of it and stuff. Mm. Um, was there, was there actual circuit boards in it or was it just a shell? That I don't know. I, I have oh. no clue. Um, <laughs> It was just there. I literally could have just picked it up. <laughs> you guys, like, I'm 
<laughs> like I'm, I'm Philip, goddammit. This is going home with me. Right. No, but it's it's cool. It was really cool seeing it in person. Like I'm I'm really happy that um it looks exactly how it looks. It looks like a mini SNES with like uh, correctly proportioned SNES controllers and I mean it's just gorgeous. You know, it really, really is. Um the lighting was a little weird in the room, so it kinda had that like um I don't know what that color is, that like faded tan yellow, like old yeah, system sm color. The smoke, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that if if that's how it looks in person, but the lighting made it look like it did look like that. So but that was really cool. It's very light, so it could have just been a shell, but then again, it's very small to, to begin with anyway. Very similar size to the actual NES classic. Okay. Yeah. That was gonna um, be my question, yeah. Yeah. Um I played a little bit of Monster Hunter Stories as well, which okay. was which was pretty. Can cool. I ask a question real quick? Um, yeah. I know I don't know. Um, I know you want to move on uh, to the next topic, but just real quick, can you talk to me about Pokemon Tournament? Were you able to play the three on three mode? Were you able to play that? No, no. Okay. I, I wish they were like the representative that I was uh, working with just kind of like threw me into a mode, and he's like, "Let's do this. Like, let's play." So we just played like the normal whatever they had at E three. Okay. Um, I didn't get a chance to play it at E3, so it was just Take like your laptop one. with you and set it all up next to it and everything? No, I got, do you remember um, when Spawn Wave and I were at uh, Too Many Games, oh, we were like you looking get that at the stuff? Box? I got a like oh. a portable capture card, so all I have to do is plug my uh, capture card into into I, like that. How is that? Is it good? Thing. It's a fantastic. It's really, really great. Yeah. I, I have one of those too. I have an HD PVR rocket. It's funny, it has a giant red button on the top, and basically I just press go when the whole yeah. thing starts glowing red, like, I am live. Yeah. Well, you need to make sure that you know, because the last thing you want at a convention yep. is that you go there and you don't record it, and you're like, yep. ah! Which yep. I've actually known big YouTubers that have said that that's happened to them, where they go to yep. a convention, they go to E3, and like half of their footage they forgot to press the, and they didn't, they didn't notice. I was terrified. It was the first time I was using that thing too. Yeah. So is it, I is was... it the fifth? which one did you get, the 15? 12 it's like blue it's a live it's called the live gamer portable 2 um live gamer like portable 70 bucks is that the one you have max no i have the uh hop hog hd pvr rocket I think oh you're I talking actually... about the, the you're talking about the aver media philip oh, yeah this this is mine aver media live portable 2 you literally just put like whatever drive you want right here. I usually I just have a giant thumbstick and I plug that in the front and I'm like, and the whole thing starts glowing red when I'm capturing footage. So I That's take this nice. to conventions if I so really need to record something. You said it's you said it's good, Philip. I think it's really good. Um, it records just as great as great quality as like my Elgato HD60 Pro S or whatever it's called. Um, you can live stream with it. You can use it traditionally. It has like its own capture software. Um, I, I think it's good. It's it worked for me. And okay. it captured all everything that I wanted to capture. So all right. I just ordered it. I was just curious if it was good. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> during curious. the podcast. Real, <laughs> real quick before we move on, I want to actually say something funny that I saw this week, which is that uh, how you were talking about trying to set up your camera right there, and they were like, "No, you you can't set it up." Apparently, there was some big YouTuber whose name was like stricken from the screenshots I saw. So I don't know what his name is, but apparently he's a guy who goes to arcades like as soon as they open, and he sets up this giant ass camera and he like sets high scores and he shows you like tips and tricks. Well, apparently he went to a Dave and Buster's and set up like his couple thousand dollar camera because he has like three hundred thousand subs, and he was just being a real jerk to all the employees and being like, I'm famous. I'm going to show them how to break your games. And eventually the employees were like, we have to remove you because you're being like an obstruction to the other people. And he made this whole big video be like, screw Dave and Busters. They kicked me out. And finally the manager was like, we have security fan footage of you just being a dick to little kids. Do you really want us <laughs> to release that? It was... 
It was oh all, there's a whole gosh. part of Reddit called Quit Your Bullshit. And it was like the front page of Quit Your Bullshit. Like, are you even allowed to record in those places? That's the other thing. Uh, yes, like, don't you have to ask? He claimed that he was kicked out for recording, and the manager officially said, No, we're fine. We want people to record in Dave and Buster's. <laughs> That's free commercials. We're fine. When you start like kicking little kids off of a frogger machine <laughs> to set up your yes. tripod, we are going to remove you from the facility. Jeez. <laughs> That's very. I was like, "What?" And so I was like, "Yeah, screw that guy." <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's something. Okay. <laughs> very, very quick side note though about uh -huh. Dave Investors. I went there like two or three uh, weeks ago. They actually have that Luigi's Mansion like arcade game, at least yeah. the one that I went to, I, which yeah, is incredible. Right. Here's the interesting thing: there's yeah. a place opening around me that is. It's very close to me. It's like ten or fifteen minutes away. It's at like the Christiana Mall. Um, it's uh, it's apparently a big competitor, Dave and Buster's, but it's bigger on the arcade side. And apparently, they're promising. It's in like the local paper for who reads that or whatever. Uh, with like 120 arcade machines are coming in. Wow, that's, that's awesome! I'm I hope arcades excited. come back, dude. They need to make a comeback. Like we they, need to get more of those. They're, they're <laughs> big in my town. In Dallas, we have a ton of arcades. We're really popular. The barcade is real popular right now. We have a machine, uh, an arcade that's half bar and then a bunch of free machines, and all the machines are like super perfect condition, 80s and 90s machines. Nice. And nickel ramas. We got a lot of nickel ramas. Mm. Yeah, it's just, I just I can't remember what it's called. I have to look, but apparently it's like three stories, and one story is all arcades. And I was like, how awesome would that be if they got the Mario Kart VR? Yeah, that would. Be I don't incredible. think they did. If, but how cool would that be, dude? If that was in my town, I would totally. I'd make a video on it, like a, straight up. I I uh, I've been searching for like ten years to find the Silent Hill arcade machine, and I finally went to an arcade uh, here in Dallas, and they had it, and I managed to finally beat it. And Fun fact, that is the only arcade game I've ever known that has a cliffhanger ending. Like, it has a story. It's like a Silent Hill game where you're, like, shooting zombies, and at the very end, basically, it's like, was it all a dream? It's like, what the <laughs> f What? <laughs> okay, so let's, um, let's, uh, let's move on to some more sales figures because more stuff has come out. Obviously, did you guys all see the Media Creates, uh, Media Creates statistics for Splatoon 2 and Nintendo Switch last week? I, I'm 90% sure that's what I read, yeah. Okay, I know. OJ, I already know. OJ did. Yeah. I already know. <laughs> Philip, did you get a chance to see it? I know that it did well, right? Yeah. It did. It did yes. very well. Um, it uh, so Splatoon. Well, I know the Nintendo Switch, for example, it, it was around a hundred thousand units. See, the thing is, Famitsu and Media Create seem to vary by a couple thousand units. Where like uh, Media Create uh, basically said ninety-eight thousand nine hundred or something like that, and then Famitsu said like over a hundred thousand. So I'm just gonna say a hundred thousand just to meet in the middle, just for the sake of like averages. But 100,000 Switch units somehow went out in Japan. I have no idea how that happened because yeah, up until that point, they were like 28,000, 30,000, you know, 31,000. Then all of a sudden this week, bam, you know, multiply it by three, and that's how much they, how many they sent out. And then I know Splatoon 2 did roughly 650,000 yeah. units in, in, in physically. That's not counting digital sales, physically. Um, which is a massive win for that franchise because the first one, I believe, debuted in Japan with like 150,000 units mm -hmm. sold. Mm -hmm. nice. Massive, right. massive win for Splatoon. Yeah, with the install base too, that was actually a much, uh, well, not, I wouldn't say much lower, but definitely um, over a million lower, well over a million lower. I think the Wii U was at 2.2 or 2.3 million at the time that Splatoon 1 launched in Japan. So the fact that they were able to sell far more you know more than triple the amount with the install base of 
just now reaching like um like what was it? I think it's like, like one. They're probably. I, I would have to assume based on yeah. how many they've been selling. They're probably when Splatoon two came out. Overall, they've probably crossed the five million mark by now with switches. Yeah. I think we can assume that. Yeah. Um, especially because of that massive. I mean, just that massive amount of stock. Because if you if Japan got that many, how many do you think like the U.S. got? Um, probably probably a good bit. They usually yeah. U.S. seems to get more than Japan. Um, U.S. So, yeah, U.S. usually gets U.S. gets the most, and then Japan and I don't know who gets more between Japan and Europe, but it seems like uh, it's about equal or maybe around the same. Maybe Europe yeah, I, I know. I know the UK doesn't get much. Like they don't. No. The UK isn't the big audience for Nintendo. They know that. Not a big deal. I wonder. I wonder if they reserved more um, in Japan because they offered that Splatoon two bundle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So that could mm-hmm. be something to do with it. Yeah. Well, and and also they were expecting shortages. I think at this point everybody in Japan is like, okay, pre-order everything you can because there's a chance that it's going to be sold out the millisecond every store opens. Dude, they're doing lotteries just for a chance to give the retailer three hundred dollars. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen that before. Usually it's just like, you know, you just go in there like, okay, you get in line, right? If you want the system, you don't need to do a freaking lottery. So that's that's weird, but that's what they're doing. I feel like what a lot of people take for granted when they hear that is they're picturing American stores. That's not how, like, Japanese stores typically have a lot less employees and there's a lot more of them. Like, so when they say that they're doing a lottery, you can picture that there's literally all thousand stores are probably all doing lotteries. And, like, that's a huge deal. That is, like, a monumental show of that they have, like, 50 times the demand for the supply they actually have. That is crazy that they're having to do lotteries. Yeah, it's kind of cool, though. I mean, I guess it's, I don't know. I'd be scared to be, like, in front of that crowd if they were, like, first one of the front switch (laughs) and just get trampled by people. (laughs) I don't know, Japanese it, people are very polite, though. You know, they're, they're so calm. Yeah, until they're switches at the front. But it's going to be interesting because I think, I honestly think uh, that Nintendo has at least figured out some of the stock situations. So, like, this media create coming up, I'm going to be very interested to see. I already know the 3DS and the PS4 should outsell the Switch because of Dragon Quest XI. Um, but I am very curious to see if they get up into like the thirties or forties, even for the switch with this, you know, the Splatoon two hangover. Uh, that's my real, that's what I'm really curious about. If maybe they figured out the point where we start seeing forties, you know, 40,000 dropped every week if possible, or at least in like the mid to upper thirties consistently. Yeah. Um, because Japan, they put out like a, um, like a, what was it? A survey they did. And Japan is, is desperate for switches still, even after a hundred thousand dropped. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. They're. Still haven't, met, still haven't met anywhere near the demand, you know, pretty much like anywhere, to be honest. I think the only place where they really kind of demand is kind of like, okay, is like the UK. Everywhere else, people are still really wanting to get one. Like France is still having issues. I, I never yeah. see them here in my Walmart. They, yeah. they always tell me they yeah. sold out every time I go yeah. there. Oh, well, every, my, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say my cousin was dying. She is a huge, huge Splatoon fan. She does a lot of like custom art and draws like Splatoon characters. She's like an artist. And she was like calling GameStop every single day. She pre-ordered Splatoon 2 and she was calling like every GameStop in the Tri-City area looking for any Switch she could. And finally a guy was like, all right, you got to be here in five minutes. So she's like running there at lunch break <laughs> because that's that's the point. Switch demand has gotten to switch. Switch demand has gotten to the point where it's like if you don't have cash in hand, you're pretty screwed. They don't. They're not doing reserves. They're not doing holds. It's cash now or nothing. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. What's interesting though is I've noticed the Craigslist deals aren't that bad. You can get a Switch for like three hundred fifty dollars in my area yeah. if you go on Craigslist. Yeah. So you could you could do something like that, but you could also like don't they have bundle deals too? Like mm -hmm. you know on like Play Asia. And, GameStop and was doing GameStop. that. It was like three hundred sixty bucks or something for like the Switch and Splatoon two. Like yeah, they had some yeah. actually reasonable reasonable ones. Although GameStop shipping is horrible. Like you have to oh. pay. It's like yeah, you have to pay. So it's it's a little bit more expensive than you know even the tax on the tax. But yeah, it's not too bad. Um, same thing like with Craigslist and stuff in the area because the supply is and that's how you know the supply is coming in. You know, the supply mm -hmm. is coming in. People are able to buy one to in order to resell it to make a little yeah. bit of a profit or whatever the case. It's just that it really is. There's just that much demand. That's just really what it, what it comes down to. I mean, obviously Nintendo needs to make more. We need to see um, more of them come out. But I mean, it's not it's not as bad as the Wii. You know, whereas the Wii, it was like, oh man, like people were reselling it for way more. I mean, people, yeah. and, I mean, and that's not even like counting like inflation. People were selling it for like $400, $500 back in 2006, 2007, you know, so. Yep. Yep. It's, um, it's, it's interesting. And I will say though, they are on track to get to their, their 10 million unit forecast because I can tell you now in December, I would be shocked if they, if they didn't hit somewhere in the neighborhood of two and a half to three million switches in that one month. Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah. they are they are on track for what they've said would be 10 million switches by the end of December. Like by December 31st, they're going to look up and there'll be 10 million switches out there, maybe a little more. And then that would put them probably at a little more than 13 million units in their first fiscal year, like yeah. total from like end to end. And that's the Wii U. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> The first year that's it that to me that's a win because you always compare to your last system whether it's a failure or a success and in this case uh they they obviously consider the wii u as a failure 13 million units in what a little over four years. i mean they ended the the i think they ended the console cycle early because of how bad it was doing and uh at this point 13 million units in in the first year would be a massive win for them I and mean, that that's it right there they go to investors and say look we, we eclipsed our the entire wii life in one year i think we have something here I think that's incredibly telling of like the interest that people still have in Nintendo console and games. You know what I mean? Like, I think that the Switch itself, like the Wii U was a disaster. You know, yeah. a lot of people didn't buy it. Almost nobody bought it, obviously. But the fact that the Switch is basically on track to sell, outsell the, the Wii U within its first, you know, year, like that's incredible. That really, really is. And I'm so excited to see how it's going to do just during the holiday season and how much more the attachment rate with games is going to grow, like around, you know, Christmas time and all that stuff. Because I know that there are a lot of kids out there who do want, who have a Switch and they want ARMS and they want Splatoon 2, but they can only get one of those games right now. You know, so they're going to get the other one later when they can. You know what I mean? So like, oh, yeah. I think that I think that that attachment rate is only going to grow. And I think that Breath of the Wild was a very good sign of like what's to come, I guess, when, at least for first party Nintendo games. I mean, what did that have like 110, 112 percent attachment rate, something crazy like that. <laughs> so, yeah, the attachment rate's pretty good. It's pretty good. I think Super Mario Odyssey obviously is going to be like the big driver for them. In the holiday period, I think that game is going to do very, very. It, I think that game so will probably do better than honestly, my personal opinion. I think it'll end up doing better than Zelda overall. Oh yeah. yeah, I think so because it'll have more units, so people can mm -hmm. buy more. I mean, it's almost Zelda is pretty much almost sold the same amount as a Switch is sold. You know, and what's interesting <laughs> is Zelda. Like, Zelda, while it's popular here, it's not the most popular game compared to others in Japan, which is very interesting. Like Splatoon Two is definitely going to outsell Zelda in Japan. I think it already oh, did, didn't it? It already, it already did. It already did. did. Yeah. So, yeah, Splatoon so, Two is the the top selling Switch game. Yeah. Like, uh, like for all time already. So yeah. in the first three days. So yeah, Splatoon Two is definitely going to outsell. But I can see, I can else. see Mario Odyssey doing that because Mario's on the front, and honestly, Mario is Nintendo. 
So. Yeah. Well, it's it's the most casual friendly. So I have a lot of friends right now who are very much getting their interest peaked by the Switch. Like a lot of my friends who played games 10 years ago when they were in high school and stuff are really coming around the idea of getting a Switch because of its portability. And all of them are being like, hey, you review games. I know you know a lot about games. What's going on with that Mario Odyssey? Like I saw an ad. Like why is Mario a Tyrannosaurus Rex with a mustache? Tell me about that. So I think that's really going to be the major selling force. That game, that game looks so good. Oh my yeah. gosh! We better get a dino. Game. We need a dino amiibo. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be shocked if we didn't see that. To be honest, I'd be shocked. Oh gosh, um, <laughs> I would not. It's a, me, a predator. <laughs> I'm done with the amiibo. I bought my female corn. I think I'm done. I think unless something really cool comes out. I had to buy Bayonetta. I had to buy Cloud. Just the the regular. You're gonna, you're gonna get back. Samus, dude. Uh, get some of that. Get some of that Metroid love. I'm okay. I'm I, I I might get I might get those one. amiibos <laughs> actually look really cool. Those amiibos look really yeah. cool. I will give it. That. I'm not a big amiibo person. Those look really cool. I probably wouldn't even use it if I bought. I probably will buy a Metroid one. One of them. I'll probably just put it up on my shelf. I probably won't even use it because it, it just looks really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I have but, to get the cloud one. The cloud one. So. So the attach rate and the sales haven't just been good for just Nintendo because that's been the big. I think a lot of third parties have had that criticism in the past. Nintendo systems are great for Nintendo games. But now it seems like some of the third parties are starting to figure out that the, the, the Switch is different to an extent because people can play them on the go. And mm -hmm. Capcom talked about their financials, and they showed that Street Fighter, like you were saying, OJ, earlier alluding to it, uh, sold 450,000 units on the Switch in Jesus. their fiscal year, which is massive. That's, actually, yeah. oh, that's a big win for them. It's it really incredible. is. Yeah. Um, and what's really funny is if you look at what I personally think is – probably the biggest failure in its franchise with Street Fighter V um, because they just I mean, they just crossed 1.7 million shipped. Mm -hmm. um, and that includes PS4 and PC <laughs> and Steam, which is ridiculous because the, the system specs aren't even high. I wish Evan was on the stream right now because he bought Street Fighter V and had to immediately refund it because it didn't work on his computer. Like Jeez. it was bugged. To, it was completely bugged. Um, and they have not fixed it at all, apparently. There's people... Uh, on the reviews talking about how their video cards don't work correctly with the uh, the game for some reason. Evan has an NVIDIA card and an uh, AMD processor, but apparently his driver set or something didn't work correctly with it. Oh, it's just a bad optimization, probably. The, so, Street, Street Fighter V is the first game I ever got from Capcom as a review copy when I finally like got in with them. And I remember mm -hmm. them giving me Street Fighter V and I installed it. I immediately emailed the rep and was like, is story mode coming at launch? Oh, that's right. It didn't even have an arcade <laughs> mode, right? So, well, it had an arcade mode. It was literally like... 38 minutes like i have wow. one one clip of because every st everybody's story was between seven and nine minutes and it was just like a drawing of like and then that guy said you suck and then you punched him and then he said you suck and it was like 39 minutes i was like oh my god why are you doing this oh that, that's, that's so insane but if um i mean consider this with the uh, the differences in sales between the two isn't that drastic, but the player base, or at least the install base that they're selling to, is a massive difference. Obviously, but there's 60 million PS4s out there. There's, yeah. uh, I mean, how many? We can't even count how many Steam users right now are out there, and they can't seem to sell more than 1.7 million Street Fighter Fives to them. But they can sell 450,000 copies of Street Fighter Ultra Street Fighter Two to mm -hmm. what 4.7 million switches 
That's insane. I mean, think about it. That's it's Street Fighter Five, right? Like technically the newest, you know, number in the series versus a game Street Fighter Two or Ultra Two, which came out what like twenty plus years ago, thirty well, years ago. Te technically, this version is the one that came out ten years ago. This is actually a port of the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty Arcade version. This cat is squirming on my lap. What are you doing? Did you grow a tail? I got so <laughs> my my cat. Uh, her name is Five. She randomly just like wants to cuddle. They added, I mean, they added some stuff, but you're right. I mean, essentially, that's what it is. I mean, but it's still based on a game from a long time ago, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not like yeah. they didn't like break the mold with this game. They they, yeah. they brought it over, but it shows you that uh, right now, if I was a third party, this is insane, by the way. If I was a third party, I would be developing for the Switch yesterday. Like I would be on this system. We see Kamiko, right? A game like Kamiko sells over a hundred thousand units mm -hmm. on the Switch. It's it's the, you know the five dollar game that looks kind of like Zelda. Uh, top-down, kind of like that pixel look to it. And it sells over 100,000 units. I think like two people made it or something like that. And yeah. uh, uh, just these games are selling on the Switch. And I do think third parties are working on it. But man, if I, like Capcom is like, we got to make Nintendo games now. That's their big thing. Their big focus right now is Sony because of the install base. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. If I was a third party, I would say, well, they have 60 million units. We can't ignore them. We need to put stuff yeah. on it. But then you start to look at this rising system with the Switch where people are, are, they want games to the point where they're willing to buy new games because they're new, essentially, right? I mean, we're getting to that point. So it almost feels like Nintendo's system is getting buying power back for third parties is how it looks to me. It, it is, but I'm curious how long it's going to take people to fully jump on. Like right now, I see Capcom is taking notice, but right now, if you look at their financial reports, Capcom directly states that they're expecting Monster Hunter World to be a humongous, like, reinvention of this It'll be big. It'll be big, and yeah. so, Because, I mean, it's coming on PlayStation 4, 60 million PlayStation 4 users. So many people are hyped. So many people are interested. So I think... I, I, I have to say, I'm not so sure about that. I think it's going to be great. Look, I don't want to interrupt too much, but I, I think it's going to be good. But if you look at a game, Monster Hunter, it's coming to the PS4, but the base of people who buy that game is Japan. There's just, in my opinion, there's just not enough systems as far as in Japan for the base to be super excited about that. You could say, I guess, the popularity of Monster Hunter and Persona. For example, like Persona 5, which was super hype, Japan loves it, and that has only sold 1.7 million units on but, the PS4. But, but OJ, OJ, I think you're forgetting. It's coming out on the Xbox, man. There's there's 80,000 Xbox in Japan. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, no. So, but I'm saying, like, Monster Hunter World is going to kill it. Uh, a... Persona 5 bombed everywhere. Like, I think we all realize that, like, Persona 5 sold really bad. It's the best selling in a series that doesn't sell very well overall. But I I honestly think that Monster Hunter World is going to be an explosive hit. And also, OJ, your mic sounds like crap. Yeah, Everybody's freaking out. The chat show. is going crazy right now. Just right for the last 10 minutes, I think someone said, quote, uh, stop the dollar store mic. Just the last, like, two times you spoke, it was all messed up. <laughs> now we can't hear you at all. <laughs> I had no idea there was a microphone emote, and now I'm seeing a lot of it. <laughs> um, okay, so we're talking about Monster Hunter World. I do think it's going to do well. Um, mm -hmm. The game looks good. A lot of people are like, ah, it doesn't look I think it looks good. Uh, it's oh, a good-looking yeah. game. Um, and then I do think, though, personally, I think Capcom is working on another Monster Hunter game other than Double Cross for the Switch right now. I do think that's the case. I think they're focused mostly on... It's interesting because, again, the Xbox seems to be falling out of favor with some of these third-party companies. Even Capcom yeah. says that their big focus right now is Sony and Nintendo. They don't mention Microsoft, which is really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I do know Capcom 
does like the Japanese market, and the Xbox is non-existent. They have sold 80,000 lifetime units last week. When we just talked about the Switch selling 100,000 units, the Xbox or Microsoft sold 77 Xboxes. That's good. Solid 77. 77. <laughs> that, that's up. That's up from last year that same week at 55. <laughs> like, yeah, the Japanese market does not, yeah. does not like <laughs> Xboxes. They just don't. It's interesting that you may find yourself on a server in Japan if they have, like, dedicated servers there, and you might be on the server with, like, a Halo game or something, and there's, like, yeah. 100 people playing. <laughs> so, so something on the, I've been really going into the Monster Hunter community lately just because I'm really interested in this, and it seems like everybody right now is, like, because everybody already owns a PlayStation 4, obviously, so everybody's talking about how they're definitely going to buy Monster Hunter World, but there's this really interesting conversation going on right now because Monster Hunter Double Cross is out now in Japan, and the early reviews are that it could be the best Monster Hunter ever is, is the words of the people who are playing it. So it makes me think that we may have an interesting battle of consoles of, like, right, on the, You're talking on the 3DS, right? Is it out on 3DS or Switch? Uh, the Switch is out at the end of August, I believe. Yeah, so it's the 3DS Double Cross is out in Japan right now. And I think the people who are playing it are saying that it's freaking crazy awesome. So I'm just really interested to see a battle of monster hunters where no matter what Capcom wins, of course, but it's going to be really interesting to see where which one will sell better once Double Cross comes can, to America. Can you guys tell me if my mic still sucks, the quality? It's great. You're, you're fine. You're fine. Am I good? Yeah, you did. no more robot voice. So you're good. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, I like robots and all, but I mean, well, I, let me I let me go back to, to let me go back to you, OJ, because we were just you were you had a point you were trying to make with uh, Capcom and Monster Hunter, but you sounded like I said you were cutting in and out. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I I think it's going to do good, but like I said, the issue with with Monster Hunter is that Monster Hunter. This is not the first time that it's it's came to like a, a system with a big install base, right? It was on the PS2. It was on it. Obviously, it's more popular now. And so, I mean, do I think it's going to be like a super mega hit? I, I just, I'm just not sure. I think it's going to do very well. Don't get me wrong. I think it's yeah. going to do really good. I think that the issue, the biggest issue is that there are so many people in Japan that are used to be able to take Monster Hunter anywhere you want. And now you're stripping them. You're stripping that of them. It's not coming to Vita. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah, not coming to be this. So that's the problem. I, I that still I see. think so. I I 100 think that Monster Hunter World. My theory is that this is supposed to be like Monster Hunter America. It seems like they're rekeying so many of the key features to be much more action focused and faster with that grapple hook and everything. So I think this really is supposed to be like America's Monster Hunter. So it's going to be kind of one of those things of like. Are non-Monster Hunter fans going to buy it enough to make up for the people who only get the Switch version? So, uh, the Double Cross. So, we'll see. I think there's a lot of interest in it um, from people who haven't played the Monster Hunter series before. Yeah. Just because of that reason alone, it does very, you're right, it does very seem, or it does seem very, like, America-ified, you know? Like, lots of action, you know? Like, not too much cooking by the campfire if you don't want to. Like, you can go yeah. run out there and start slaying monsters, and that's cool. I like that premise a lot. It makes it feel a little bit more like Destiny, um, which is, you know, kind of a fun experience. I think shared world, open world games like that are a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, but it just kind of makes me curious, you know, because of like Monster Hunter Double Cross and Monster Hunter World kind of both coming out, um, what's left for the Switch? I mean, we know that that the Japan is getting Double Cross, but nothing's been announced, you know, as far as localization for the West. Monster Hunter World hasn't even been so, you know, considered for the Switch yet. Um, so like, what's going to happen? But with Capcom's numbers, right, at almost half a million sales, like maybe they will just localize Monster Hunter, or maybe they'll bring Monster Hunter World 
over to the Switch if they, they can run it. They might yeah. localize it, but honestly, they might just be working on another Monster Hunter right now for the Switch anyway, as we've heard in rumors. So. Just its, its own Monster Hunter? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, but by the time the Switch... By the time that Monster Hunter game even comes out, because let's be realistic, it's not gonna it, that wouldn't be ready until next year, probably after Monster Hunter World, because right now they just want to get Monster Hunter World done and out and patched. Because yeah. let's let's be realistic, we're gonna we're gonna go buy Monster Hunter World even at a store. We're gonna come home, we're gonna put it on our PS4, and we're gonna be forced to download a four gig update. Let's just, yeah. right, yeah. Realistic, I could, here, right? I could uh, see the value though in localizing Monster Hunter Double Cross just because of the you know 2DS XL 3DS type of interaction that it has. You know that crossplay is very valuable right now. I think so. Oh, they'll they'll definitely localize it, but that game is technically done as soon as it's the Switch minus uh, translations and everything. I think at that point that team would start to look at at developing, which they probably already are, uh, developing a new Monster Hunter for the Switch. I personally think they would probably give one to Nintendo. Uh, and keep that one more, I guess, um, towards the Japanese crowd, but then still bring yeah. it over to the United States. And then you have a choice. You either buy Monster Hunter Worlds or you buy whatever they call the next one. Um, I don't See, even know what they call it. I don't universe. They got to up the ante. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it, that's cool and all, but it's a little confusing at the same time. I, I just kind of wish that there was like one Monster Hunter. I didn't have to, like I, it wasn't so like if I was so new to the series. I didn't, I, and if I wasn't as big of a gamer as I am, whatever gamer, then why, you know, I wouldn't know which Monster Hunter to jump into. Like, which that, do I go to this one or that, that one? That, I'm just gonna pick that's actually a huge complaint I'm seeing in the Monster Hunter community from what I was reading. Like, there's a lot of people right now who are being like, look, I'm a Monster Hunter fan, but it looks like Monster Hunter Double Cross looks to be a very tried and true traditional Monster Hunter with like three hours of opening quests and story and world building, whereas Monster Hunter World does kind of look like from all their own marketing and everything from their own developers are basically being like, yep, you show up, we hand you a giant ass blade and give you a jet pack and go, hey, that T-Rex said your mom sucks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. Maybe they could just bring worlds over. I, see, because again, world seems to be more like it is for the Western audience. I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, I mean, OJ, do you think a new Monster Hunter is in the works for the Switch right now, or at least Nintendo I, audience? I personally do. Um, I don't think they're going to bring because obviously that Monster Hunter, if there is a Monster Hunter for the Switch, it's not. I don't think it's necessarily going to be focused for like the world, right? Because the Switch is still getting going, and obviously Japan is huge on the Switch as far as just like the fan. Feedback. They would probably Japan would probably want a monster hunter that's like the traditional monster hunter. So I think they're going to make a monster hunter uh, like portable for the Nintendo Switch. I think they're probably already working on that. They saw the amazing sales. Double Cross on the 3DS sold uh, 1.6 million units so far on the 3DS Jesus. just just this year alone in Japan. Um, so that's really good, obviously. So um, I personally feel that they're just going to they're going to make a new monster. I know they're going to make it like the normal monster hunter, but to to Philip's point, it is, it can be confusing which monster hunter people are going to you know pick up. Like if you're trying to get into the series, um, a lot of people really like Monster Hunter Ultimate, uh, Monster Hunter Four Ultimate, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, on the 3DS, that game did really <laughs> that game did really well. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, Go ahead, I, go ahead, Max. I want to say something real interesting just before we jump forward in case we were. Mm -hmm. The most interesting thing from all of Capcom's financials, sorry about the bell, my cat is just like playing <laughs> down there. Um, uh, one of the most interesting things from the financials, in my opinion, was the fact that Capcom admitted that 74% of their total revenue is from old games being sold digitally right now, which is like really weird to think because <laughs> this has been such a strong sales year for them already with... 
uh, Super Street Fighter 2 coming out on uh, the Switch and Resident Evil 7 selling way beyond their expectations. It's weird that so much of their stuff is just like selling digital copies of Resident Evil Code Veronica and stuff. It's, yep. it's weird that that company is still having to lean so heavily on the past. Well, you did see the uh, the what they're working on apparently is the Resident Evil 2 remake. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see I could see that making the jump to the Switch also. I would uh, hope so. Hopefully, that thing's been in, in development for freaking ever. Yeah. I still we still haven't even seen a single screenshot. I'm dying to see anything of that. Yeah, yeah. I would. I, I don't even know when we'd see that. It's got to be getting to the point where they're at least ready to to yeah show it right. Well, I mean, well, do you remember they? Uh, well, what is it they say? Like they the day they got permission to start it, the developer of the game did that live stream where he had the jacket on and he opens it up and it said like broken English, like we go it. And it's like, <laughs> okay, cool. I'm glad we're going it. <laughs> well, here's, here's my thing with Capcom. They're talking about Resident Evil, talking about stuff. I think it's about time they bring back Mega Man. I posted that thing to Twitter and people were looking at it. I think it's about time we get something Mega Man for the Switch or at least, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even want to say 3DS, just Switch. Something new for the Switch. Bring back Mega Man Legends 3 or bring back uh, a new Mega Man X. I don't care. Just something Mega Man. I, Battle I want a new I want a new one. Like people always like they say, "Oh, well, why didn't they bring over these old stupid games? Make old Mega Man <laughs> games that I've already bought. They've already this is not they've already done Mega Man collections for the PS2, for the for the for the uh, GameCube. I mean, I'm not going to continue buying Mega Man collections over and over and over again. Like enough with the Mega Man collections. I'm not buying it. So even if it came to Switch, not gonna buy that jump. We need a new Mega Man. I agree with you. We need a new one. If we keep on buying these old Mega Mans, that's not gonna make them buy, make a new Mega Man. Obviously, because we've already bought the old Mega Mans over and over. We yeah. bought them on Virtual Console. We bought them on collections on PS2. I'm not buying any more Mega Mans. You guys need to stop buying these old Mega Mans, okay? Because they're just gonna continue to milk us with old Mega Man games. Stop buying them. And, did you just see the? Yeah, uh, did you see the collection? One. Or at least the ones that went to the cell phones that were absolutely terrible. Yeah. They're putting them on cell phones. Do you guys not see what Capcom's doing? Like, people like to say, because, like, I'm defending Capcom. And it's not that. I don't spend my money on Capcom. I used to be huge on Capcom. I buy their collections. I buy their stuff. But I, I see what they're doing to us at this point, you know, when it comes to Mega Man. And I've asked them multiple times. Just, I'm not going to buy any of you guys' stuff until we get a new Mega Man. But the thing about it is that Mega Man fans keep on buying the collections and hope that we're going to get something from them. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel not. like... If, if we get a new Mega Man, I would only foresee it on the Switch. Because think about in the last couple of years, uh, mm. like over the last 15 years, me racking my brain right now, all the new major Mega Man things we've seen were all Nintendo-based as far as I can think. Like, of course, the first one that comes to mind is Mega Man Battle Network, which was made for the Game Boy Advance, and Mega Man Zero, which was made on the Game Boy Advance. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of uh, a lot of the major Mega Mans all came out on Nintendo like a system so maybe i don't know you know i personally think that nintendo loves mega man but capcom controls it so unless they ever strike a deal to where nintendo has exclusive rights to them and then capcom just gets kickbacks for royalties i i it almost feels like right now mega man is in this weird like 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 void where Capcom does not like Inafune because of all their stuff. So they're just like, we're just not going to do anything with Mega Man. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like that because how do you leave, uh, really, uh, I guess, an, uh, I don't even want to say an icon, but, you know. Oh, he's leave, an icon. My yeah. Mega Man's well, an icon. How do you gaming. leave that franchise on the shelf for as long as you have and then complain about financial troubles at other times, you know? How, Mega Man is an easy game to sell if you do it right. Well, and that could be it. It could just straight up be, like, 
it, something that a lot of people don't realize is like a hard part of management is knowing when you have the team available for a project. And it could just be that they're looking around and they don't have a team available that's skilled enough to handle a real new Mega Man. And they're afraid of just being like, man, if we come out with a new game that's called like Mega Man Xenon and it absolutely sucks, we could just kill the brand. Where mm-hmm. So it could just be like a fear. Yeah, of but I mean, then we also look over and we see like uh, Gunvolt. And that's a great platform yes. game, similar yeah. to Mega Man. And that's they're on a much lower budget than something yeah. like Capcom would roll out. It's just it seems weird to me that they could not get talented programmers in there, yeah. uh, artists. All the, it's it's odd. I don't know. I know they're really into Resident Evil right now because that's like their go-to franchise. Mm-hmm. But I feel like them ignoring Mega Man, like the freakout when Mega Man hit Smash Brothers was insanity. Remember all those reactions everywhere, all over YouTube. Yeah. That was like the most watched yeah. thing on YouTube for a week. Well, Going back to you talking about like how much Nintendo is in love with Mega Man, that old stupid television show, Captain N, the Game Master, remember he would actually team up with Mega Man and he would sound like a chain smoker. He'd be like, <laughs> an So uh, clearly they have a long-standing love of Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and that would be my dream, as if a press release came out and Capcom was like, we, we sold the rights to Mega Man to to Nintendo to create games, we'll still get royalties like to their investors, but Nintendo's gonna take it, they're gonna run with it, and then Mega Man becomes an internalized project at Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I, I would just say this, if you guys truly want a new Mega Man, I'm telling you, do not buy that Mega Man Legacy Collection. Do I, not I, I buy it. Games, so I'm not gonna buy yeah, do not, people keep on thinking, that's what everyone I hear in the Mega Man community say, oh, well, we should we should buy it, because I'll encourage them, no, <laughs> this is how many generations in, and we're still talking about Mega Man Legacy Collections on PS2, guys. PS2, yeah. Please do not buy that. Like I said, don't don't buy it. Send if, you, if, you want, if you want Mega Man X, go on Amazon, if I'm thinking right. And I'm almost positive the Mega Man X collection is like 15 bucks on there. Mm-hmm. New, brand new. Yeah, so buy it, like the, do that. I don't care what you do, but they've already re-released everything. $12.28 prime shipped Mega Man X collection PS2 sealed. Yeah, and, and you can go on the virtual console. You can get the Mega Man games there if you want to, if you really want to play them. But continuously buying Mega Man collections, I mean, look at what they're doing, guys. Like I said, they're putting it on iPhones and stuff. Now. I mean, that's yeah. when you know then they're really trying to milk us. Because why would you do that to your fan base? Like, <laughs> like why would you put that type of game on an on a iPhone? It doesn't work. Obviously, it doesn't work. Everyone knows it doesn't work on there. So if you want Capcom to change, you got, you got to do something else. But like I said, if you want to buy it, you can buy it. I don't, you don't listen to me, but I'm just saying, like, obviously you can see what Capcom's doing, like, with Mega Man. They're not really looking at making a new one, you know? I understand, I understand where you're coming from. It makes me think, let me just put on my conspiracy theory hat here <laughs> for a second. Uh, right. As I'm sure some of you guys know, uh, Capcom has actually been having some of their major projects funded directly by Sony recently. Sony has actually been stepping in and paying all their bills to make stuff exclusive. Maybe there's some sort of stipulation of that contract of as long as Sony is paying their bills for particular projects, they're not allowed to sell off any of their IP. So it could just be that they're literally stuck holding on to Mega Man. They can't do anything with it. They're not allowed to like give it to Nintendo because we've seen Capcom actually give stuff away at some point. So in a different circumstance or a different timeline, they could be giving it away to Nintendo. Yeah, it's it's amazing that 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 would even be a possibility with so the Sony. Um, but I, you're right. Like like OJ, you were saying that they funded Street Fighter Five, so Capcom yeah. really doesn't care that much. No, yeah, they don't. <laughs> Pure profit. But, I mean, it, it, and the thing about it is that, and that's good for Capcom, right? But that could maybe later down the line, like you were trying to your point, which I didn't put on there when you put that on on Twitter, is that that could potentially damage their franchise going mm-hmm. forward doing stuff like that. 
because then you get because Street Fighter Four sold well on the Xbox 360. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. and what you're doing is now you let Injustice come in. Now you let some of these um, other games, Mortal Kombat, come in and take some of that like that share that they didn't have beforehand. So if you're gonna put Street Fighter Six on all platforms, that might damage things, you know. Or if it's on Switch, if it's on other stuff, um, that that's why you generally don't see a lot of companies doing. What, especially with the main franchise like Street Fighter, you don't see a lot of companies doing that because that could potentially have bad problems like in the future. So we'll see what happens. But um, I personally, me, I wouldn't have done what Capcom did with Street Fighter Five with having Sony fund it completely because Street Fighter's too big. It, it's it's too big, and obviously it wasn't the right decision, right? I mean, yeah. it's no sweat off Capcom as far as money spent, but I think that could in the future there could be a problem because Street Fighter's done well on all, even on the 3DS. Street Fighter Four sold well. It was so, dumb. You're right for them to do that. Like it'd be like well, going, it'd be like Call of Duty saying we're only going to be on Xbox from now on. Well, you know, it's they, like, what are you talking about? Specifically with Street Fighter Five, they had to do that. At that point, Capcom was actually so deep in the hole they were talking about getting bought out. So the only way that they could make that at all was by Sony stepping in and paying their bills and making it an exclusive. So. At that point, it was, I mean, it gun to their head. They didn't really have a choice about future endeavors. At that point, if Street Fighter V was going to exist, it was the only way. Did you, okay. um, did you, did you see why, uh, why they're not as interested in the Xbox right now? Did you uh, say, did you see that? Oh, be because of Dead Rising 3 and 4. Oh, my it? gosh. Oh. Dead Rising 4, man. Still, still not at a million units sold. Was that, was that uh. a new article that came out? Can you, I didn't that, see that's that. part of their, that's part yeah. of the financials along with yeah. the Street Fighter. Yeah. What did they say? Did they specifically mention like Dead Rising? Like yes, yeah. 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 It was at um. It's not even at a million units. I'm trying to remember what the exact number was. Um, it's not very good. <laughs> like they kind of tucked it away. They were like, uh. And, and they in the wording that they use, clearly they are shocked because Dead mm -hmm. Rising Three sold decent, like not tons, but Dead Rising Three being a launch game for the Xbox One and being one of the first like big games that showed off the power of the Xbox. It sold pretty damn well, so they're expecting at least half those numbers, and they went way under that. Okay, uh, where is it? Uh, da, 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 no, I gotta, I gotta look it up. But apparently, with even with that in Steam, apparently still not. Yeah, the I, computer. I want to say, yeah. I want to say that it was like seven hundred eighty-eight thousand or something like that. That's pretty, that's yeah. pretty trash. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that's horrible. Like, so it sounds like we won't be getting Dead Rising at all for quite a while. And if we do, it's probably going to be just like a digital spinoff, which I'm okay with as long as as long as it's good. Yeah, it's 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 odd that it, it's so bad in terms of performance, but it's I mean, even when it launched, it there were so many just sitting on shelves, yeah, like not moving. Well, so it was really it, because they pissed off their own fan base. The fact that they like the whole Christmas theme, there were so many missteps that a friend of mine, uh, Petronius, he's a YouTuber with like 3K subs, good buddy of mine. He made a video called The Dead Rising Problem, talking about like that they keep trying to advance and grow this universe and try and make it more mature and they just keep screwing it up. And for Dead Rising 4 being like, we're going to get an edgy, hip, 55-year-old man who takes selfies with zombies. It's like, <laughs> oh man, bro, tough sell, tough sell, bro. So Cap Capcom said that their biggest, though, okay, so despite the failings with Street Fighter Five and uh, Dead Rising 4, the things that really helped them, really dug them out of that hole, was Resident Evil 7, Monster Hunter Double Cross, and then Ultra Street Fighter 2. Mm -hmm. Two two games that are on Nintendo platforms, and then Resident Evil 7. Dang. Well, Ouch. Well, yeah, yeah, I can see they're charging, they're charging $40 for a game that's that old, and obviously they're making a lot more, you know, off of that game than even when it came out on, like, the PS3 and Xbox 360. That was just a digital download for, like, I think I bought it for, like, 
$15 or something like that when it came out back then. So, I mean, they spruced it up a bit. And now they're, um, I think right now so. they said that the two games that they are really, really hoping on, one of which I think is going to underperform big time, yeah. uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, and they're also hoping for Monster Hunter Worlds. I think Worlds will do well. I think Marvel vs. Capcom is going to underperform, though. Yeah, I think it's going to bomb. I've been playing every build of uh, Infinite. I'm a huge Marvel vs. Capcom fan, and the more I play that game, the more I am terrified that it is just going to get decimated at launch. Mm. Yeah, but uh, so right now, Resident Evil Seven was the big thing on the other systems, then on the Switch, uh, and I guess 3DS and in Japan and Monster Hunter Double Cross, and uh, of course Ultimate Street Fighter Two. So that, that really, it seems like Capcom is leaning heavily on Nintendo right now, which is interesting because you wouldn't have thought that uh, before uh, Nintendo's Switch came out, but. There you go. Good news is I guess Capcom is going to focus heavily on the Switch now going forward, so we'll see what games they announce. Um, curious. Very, very curious as to what they're going to put on the Switch. We know the Resident Evil engine's coming over to the Switch because that's they were one of the people who wanted that extra RAM in there. Maybe Resident Evil 2, that's all I can think of. Um, I would just think like Ace Attorney, you know, Ace mm. Attorney, um, Resident Evil, and Monster Hunter. I think those are the three games that you can expect to see. I don't know about anything else, but I know that they're probably going to have those three franchises because those always do well on Nintendo systems. For the Mega Man, part. come on. Mega, I would hope Mega Man, but like I said, I already ranted on Mega Man <laughs> for today. I think your viewers have had enough of me ranting on Mega Man. So, okay, let's. Um, all right, I, want, I definitely want to talk about one other thing before we take questions from the the chat. So, um, let me ask you guys. Uh, OJ, you, did you saw? Did you see Super Metal Dave's uh, video? The either either of the past two. 